Alright, and we are back with another edition of the Bosnian American Professionals Podcast. And today's guest is another very special and dear friend of ours. But before we get to him, we're going to introduce ourselves. My name is Nedim Ramic. I'm a uh, Bosnian American uh, personal injury attorney here in the St. Louis area. And I'm Dr. Ravdic. I am chiropractor here in St. Louis as well. And I think you guys go back a little bit better than I do. So, Adis, do you want to have the honor of introducing our guest today? Uh, sure. Our guest today is Boris Trianovic. Um, he is uh, another Bosnian American professional and uh, computer geek. So, <laughs> I'll have him. Uh, probably didn't do the proper introduction of you, but. All right. Oh, my, as uh, Alice mentioned, my name is Boris Tsvianovic. Um, I've been in the U.S. or actually in St. Louis area since 1994. Uh, moved here from Bosnia, uh, from Sarajevo. Um, I originally moved to Split, Croatia. Lived there between 1992 till 1994 when my parents finally left Sarajevo. And then together we came here, uh, four of us. So there's also my sister. Um, yeah, um, I let's see. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say we typically ask what was your first impression of U.S. and uh, now that you came '94, you came way before both of us. Uh, I wanted to see what was was there anything different and. Let, let, let me let me kind of go go a little bit further back and okay. poke around in your background because as you know I know your parents really well sure. and you all of you guys have done amazingly uh, well here in the St. Louis area, but. Do you remember Sarajevo and the get out of Sarajevo and you know th those horrors from you know the wars? Yes, I, I actually do remember Sarajevo quite a lot, uh, vividly actually. Um, you know, since I left uh, when I was ten, uh, a lot of that has left an impression on me. Uh, a lot of that meaning Sarajevo is a city, um, and my interactions with my family and uh, around in and around Sarajevo. Um, as far as the whole quote-unquote escape from Sarajevo, since I left uh, fairly early, I don't consider it a, a major event as some of the individuals that have came after me have endured, uh, for example, my parents and then obviously other Bosnians in St. Louis area and you know just all over the world. But uh, mine was fairly uh, simple. I left with my grandma and my aunt together with my sister um, with... Uh, uh, it was kind of on a bus uh, convoy that left, uh, like I said, in 92, and we went to uh, Munich, Germany. Uh, stayed up there for, I don't know, maybe four, six months, something like that. Uh, I have my great-grandparents that live out there. Um, the actual leaving Sarajevo was not uh, something eventful. There was few stops along the way uh, that left an impression on me where we were stopped and asked to get out of the bus um, at, at pretty much gunpoint and then crossing, uh, I don't even remember the river at this point in time, but uh, since the bridge was blown away, we crossed via, um, uh, what would you call it, uh, small spot? Yeah, I got mm -hmm. you. Um, but the, yeah, other than that, the, the trip for me was not uh, extremely uneventful. I mean, it was painful leaving my parents uh, behind. Uh, so I do remember that, and that, that was hard part of it. But as far as Sarajevo itself and prior to the war, um, you know, just good memories, you know, as, a, as any kid would have um, in peacetime. Uh, friends, you know, playing uh, in different areas. So every time I go back, 
Um, I like to visit where I lived, uh, where I visited, uh, my favorite restaurants, just, you know, nostalgia, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, and I, uh, in the same, uh, same breath, I, I remember Split just as vividly. Uh, I mean, two years, you know, of my life were spent there from, from when I was 10 to I was 12. Uh, so a lot of good memories there as well. Um, some great friends that I met there uh, that I still keep in touch. Uh, currently, some are from just school, other ones from, are from school, and then later on uh, through sports. But yeah, uh, overall, good experience. Uh, would I wish it on anybody? Probably not, right? But from the cir- considering the circumstances, it was better than uh, probably most people have experienced. Um, but yeah, and then the ex- uh, impressions from coming here to St. Louis. That's the one that Addis likes to ask everybody. Yeah. You know, no, what I was <laughs> the, the wow moment when you first touched down? Yeah, wow moment. So we landed uh, in the middle of the night, uh, and it was my mom's uncle and aunt who picked us up. And the first thing that I remember that was a, a huge impression on me was, uh, well, no, no I, I know Addis is pointing at the arch, but it wasn't because we never really had a chance to see it, considering how we came down the highway we took to Sunny, but it was the big American cars, right? I mean, it's a boat, right? <laughs> you come, yeah. on, come out of a Fiat, all of a sudden you're sitting in a Buick. <laughs> of course, you're a big car guy, I'm so a, you, you, you would see that. <laughs> yes, yes, so he, I guess huge car guy even when I was a kid. And that left an impression on me. And then also um, just the size of the actual highway, right? Even living in Germany, right, being on Autobahn, that trip from the airport to, to my family's house was, uh, I don't know, I guess, uh, uh, how do you say this, uh, it, left, it left an impression, right, uh, obviously, you know, 24, 25 years later, um, but uh, yeah, other than that, uh, I, I think as we started going to the International Institute, what I uh, noticed from there was that everybody drove everywhere, there was no public transportation, so getting used to that was a little bit different, uh, people living in houses while you're in the city, instead of the apartments is what I was used to as a kid. That was different. Um, but though all those things are um, a faded memory in, in my mind, right? Yes, I can recall them all, but uh, additional events just took over, right? And uh, there was uh, junior high, high school, uh, college, right? Family, and all those take up uh, <laughs> take Here's, up here's so. Addis's other favorite question. Where did you go to high school at? <laughs> yes, yes. That's a favorite St. Louis question, right? That I, I asked that everybody because, you know, I, I think a lot of people in St. Louis that are from St. Louis consider that as uh, kind of understanding where somebody comes from economical perspective, right, or where their families live. For me, it's just more of, hey, have you had a chance to cross paths before, right? Uh, what did you do in high school? Where did you go, go to high school? So I personally went right across the street to Melville. Um, and uh, good four years there, um, some ups, some downs, uh, you know, as you would expect in, in four years, but uh, overall good experience. Again, met some great friends, uh, both uh, Bosnians and Americans. Um, had some great friend, American friends who were very helpful from junior high where I, uh, I went to Bernard. Um, and in, uh, who later on came to Melville with me and were very helpful. 
uh, and also my water polo and swim teammates uh, who helped me assimilate much easier. You, you were kind of, with, you know, as others mentioned, amongst the first to arrive in the St. Louis area. There were not too many Bosnian Americans at that time. What was it like at that time not having too many Bosnian Americans around and then when they first started arriving in, in, in those huge waves, I guess, you know, 97, 98, 99, uh, you know, that time. Yeah, um, I mean, initially I, I found it difficult because I didn't have anybody to speak my language with uh, except at home. And at that point in time, I was still learning English. I didn't know much coming in, even though I did take English uh, language classes back in Bosnia and in Croatia. But I was never much of a linguistic, more of a math and science kind of guy. So while it was difficult, it also helped me learn English quicker. Um, I, I didn't have a choice, right? And then as Bosnia started coming in, I, I was already in my own quote-unquote click yeah. right so I didn't get a chance to interact with too many of them until uh, probably later in my high school years and then afterwards when I got back from college uh, that's really when I started crossing paths with more Bosnians um, more most of the stories I got at that point were these stories that came from again <laughs> the sounds uh, a little bit uh, pompous I would say but like from the city right of how Bosnians are adjusting and how the Americans are reacting to that um, but here in South County it was it was kind of slow moving right it took a little bit I know by the time I uh, I was senior I think maybe we had about 50 altogether Bosnians but uh, my first two years I don't think there were any uh, there were some uh, long time uh, Croatians, I would say. I think they were all actually born here, but kids of Croatian immigrants. Um, and then, yeah, junior year, maybe there was about 10, 20 of us. So it was really slow moving. But then when I came back from college first year, that was a huge boom in South County. Now you're also a world-class water polo player. So <laughs> when, did you, when did you start playing water polo? Uh, so I started recreationally in split right uh, a lot of people used to pick up soccer games as we did back in uh, in Bosnia right Un unlike here they're not organized so kids just get together as you guys may know right and some kids were basketball players whatever I was never much of a dry land kind of guy <laughs> so uh, we would get together on the beach and play uh, play on the beach uh, I was once I got here opportunity arise from being in a swim class to uh, to play for a polo team, which I didn't even know they had here in Melville. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, my water polo and my swim uh, teammates and my coaches were a big influence in my high school life to kind of help me uh, navigate that the U.S. culture and high school and whatnot, get ready for college. Uh, but yeah, so I, I started playing competitively when I was 14 when I started high school. And that, that kind of also helped you in your, did you play during college years as well? Y yes, I did, yes. So polo for me is, is a huge love of mine, right? It's a passion, something I, I still do to this day. Uh, granted a little less with kids, but uh, yeah, it helped me get uh, into college, get scholarships, uh, pay for some of the college granted. My parents handled most of it, but uh, you know, a little help from, from uh, athletics. 
And, and to me, I know one of the questions as we prepped up for this was, hey, you know, what's the education like here? How you maybe compare it to the education in Bosnia? Uh, there's definitely differences and plus and minuses in both. And what I would say is education in former Yugoslavia and Bosnia quality-wise, at least up to uh, college level, is better in many ways uh, and more broad than it is here. But one thing that the uh, U.S. brings to the table that we don't is that uh, extracurricular activities and whether it's sports, whether it's debate teams, uh, whatever band, right, whatever you might be into, it really opens up the door to meet people uh, outside your classroom, uh, get a chance to meet friends for life, and then also help you get into college, pay for college, enjoy a college from a different perspective than just being there to study. Well, it is a, uh, a point of college, right? I, I think there's more to it than just, you know, pounding the books day and night, uh, because again, life is more than just going to work and going back home, right? Uh, there's family, you have to learn how to be social. And I think sports helps with all that. I, additionally, I think it helps you become a leader in a way uh, later on in your career life. So. So would you say water polo is your third child? Uh, <laughs> I mean, third in in ranking as far as uh, you know who is my favorite, but first as far as who came first. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. But and you mentioned you know, you know your parents and they have been a staple here in the Bosnian American community. They have been very prominent and uh, obviously they have been very active within the Bosnian American community. So. Your mom is still at the bank, right? Yes, she is. And she's been with them for a very long time, hasn't she? God, yes. She has been there for, I want to say, it's been maybe 17 years. I could be wrong, but yeah, I think that's about time that she's been with the bank. And uh, obviously, different different names since the bank been, has been purchased, but yeah, she's been there in one, uh, uh, I guess, one iteration of it or another. She actually helped me a lot when I first got my condo back in 2010, so I just... Uh, Finished law school, had my first job, wasn't making anything. It was right after the crash. Oh, yeah. Nobody was getting any money. This condo came on the market, and you know, I a lot of places wouldn't even look at me. You know what I'm saying? My my work history wasn't all that, and I went to Lida and I said, "This is what's up." She's like, "Handshake, here's the money." And that's how I start out. So just want to give a shout out to your mom. She really helped me a lot. Yes, yeah, same here. Awesome. Actually, uh, I was uh, in the same place. There was like you said, after the crash, and when I wanted to start the clinic, I mean, his mom was the one that helped out. Well, thank you, guys. I mean, that, that means a lot to me. And she's way more involved in the Boston community than I am, uh, and, and has been uh, from the beginning. And, and since you touched on my mom and, and my parents both, uh, I know I said, you know, my coaches and my teammates have been a huge help, but obviously with, without two of them, I wouldn't be where I am right now, right? I mean, what they have sacrificed for my sister and I, uh, I the words can't do it justice, right? Uh, from what they did in Bosnia uh, as professionals, then coming here and pretty much lo losing everything, right? And having to start from scratch, right? As most people have. Um, but obviously to me it's personal because it is my parents. Uh, they sacrificed a lot, they made a lot. And I think it's, it's great that they're able to to give back to the community 
but it, not just from their perspective, but I think Bosnian community in general, what's great about it is we as Bosnians now and other Bosnians coming in have somebody to lean on and say, hey, look, I'm here, this is what I'm trying. Is there a suggestion you could give me or help that you can lend me so I can get on my feet and, and start going? Because one thing that people didn't have initially was that support group, right? Uh, somebody has already gone through it that's willing to give you a chance when nobody else is, right? It's something that Americans born here and raised here have, but something that the rest of us or immigrants in general, right? Whether they're from Bosnia or any place in, on earth, right, coming here, deal with it. And generations prior to us have dealt with it. Now we are and generations uh, following us are gonna have to deal with it. Um, and it's invaluable resource, whether it's my mom or somebody else that uh, does the same thing. I know there's plenty of people. I know you had a couple uh, guests on your show before, Patrick and, and Ron. Uh, obviously, they're, they're uh, exceptional Americans who have done that for us, right, uh, before we had a chance to do it for ourselves. So I call them honorary Bosnians, and we talked to Ron last week, and it's interesting to see how even, you know, the, the, the city of St. Louis or the United States generally did not have infrastructure in place to help new immigrants, new refugees kind of, you know, uh, find their feet when they first touch down. And when it comes to the Bosnian-American community as well, in particular, like the early uh, comers like your parents, they really didn't have anybody to lean on, and so they were kind of the they were kind of the bedrock that helped the later waves kind of like you know find their way around town and you know point them in the right direction. Just you said, you know the n newer generations that are gonna be gonna be coming after us. Hopefully, we have left them something that can kind of like give them a few pointers what they need and what they don't need to do when it comes to making it in the United States. So, Boris, where did you go to college? Uh, so, I went to a uh, school, small school out in West Virginia. Uh, the name of the school has changed a few times. It used to be Salem uh, College, then Salem uh, Tokyo, then Salem International, and now it's uh, Salem University. Uh, school, when I started there, was about 1,000 people. Um, I ended up there because of water polo, and uh, I was also looking for a major that somehow ties mathematics into it uh, and end up being computer science uh, and mathematics. Uh, and, <laughs> and the reason why I ended up there, and I would not change one bit about it, but as a high school kid, I found eighth grade here to be extremely easy to the point where when I started freshman year, I just kind of laid back and really didn't pay too much attention to school which made my grade slip and then catching up uh, was, was a little bit tough so as I started looking for polo school southwest where water polo is mostly prevalent in the United States it was tough finding a school that would take me for both my water polo skills and my academics because again my academics were lacking at that point <laughs> due to my freshman year but again this opportunity ar uh, arose I took it great experience again great friends uh, I met friends from you know all over the world, um, Japan, uh, China, a um, few people from uh, from Croatia and Serbia because of uh, playing water polo. So we were recruiting everybody that played. <laughs> um, a couple other guys from uh, from Bosnia that played basketball for us. 
it was a it was a good experience, and I still keep in touch with those guys. So. And so after college, what about work activity? How how did your uh, professional life develop after that? Yeah. Um, so again, <laughs> this is leading. Uh, when I first came back, it was really tough finding a job. It was 2003. The market was down again, right? Uh, I mean, it was down from um, from job perspective right the housing was doing good uh, actually i think it was just picking up i think that's when the bubble really started before 2008 crash um so i was looking to do something on the side i picked up uh, coaching water polo for melville uh, for a season and the kids really took to me and so did the parents so one of the parents that uh, uh whose kid was playing she worked for AT&T and offered to take my resume and uh, give it to the people that she knew in there. Um, I ended up with an interview and they, they pulled me in together with, uh, was it, 29 other people, which is this ma matrix program, which I believe they still do to this day. Uh, they take college students or recent graduates and then uh, put them into these almost like internship positions uh, they're paid, or they're, you end up being a full hire, but uh, you have six month period of uh, working for different organizations within inside the company for three months, experiencing different things, and then finding your um, final, I guess, destination as far as the AT&T is concerned. And then I was there for two and a half years. Uh, an opportunity opened up uh, within a company here in St. Louis called uh, Savas. So a lot of people usually um, uh, link that to Savas Center. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, the company was an IT and networking company. Uh, we do or we did a lot of uh, uh, web hosting uh, for different types of clients. And then uh, when I started there. Uh, a lot of things have changed. The company was bought by CenturyLink, and that's where I ended up uh, finishing off, uh, was it, 12-year career at uh, at Savas slash CenturyLink. I moved to a company at uh, Chicago and Sono, uh, which <laughs> I just finished working for them today. Today is my last day, so I'm going back to CenturyLink. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, I've been in IT for 15 years. Um, I work as a application slash migration architect. So I help companies develop a migration strategy of their data centers or their self applications or workloads uh, from one data center to another. Usually a data center that we host uh, as a CenturyLink, we have multiple data centers that we own and host clients from. Uh, well, now with uh, uh, coming off uh, cloud, private cloud, right? Whether it's Azure, Google, AWS, a lot of clients are looking to move into those platforms. So while we do have our own data centers and offer that service, we also offer service uh, at public platforms where we are able to manage and uh, monitor their environments in those uh, in those services. So. Okay, I'm gonna translate that for our uh, listeners. He works with computers. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I've got, I've got another friend that, that he does IT for uh, Bayless High School and he's amazing. And you guys, when you get into that stuff, you really get into it. And then you, you, you guys assume that we really understand what you're talking about. <laughs> And then I just look at him and I'm like, yeah, sure, that's exactly what I thought as well, you know. <laughs> but no, that is amazing. I, I envy people that are kind of like versed in the computer language because obviously Alice and I are just like, you know, 
No, they're not that <laughs> smart. So well, I don't know about. I, I wouldn't say smart, right? I think everybody has their uh, likes and dislikes, right? And things that you pick up easier uh, than others, and you know, you you how do I say you weigh towards them, right? And you appreciate them more, and you know, you being law and others being in, in uh, medicine or help me out, be more specific. See, I can't do it. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that, that's pretty cool. So. That's amazing what you do, man. But um, family life? Family life, yes. So I have two children. Uh, my wife and I actually have two children, right? I didn't do any work. Uh, <laughs> so my wife, Stacy, I want to give, give a shout out to her. She's amazing. We have uh, known each other since 2013. Um, met by total accident. Uh, I was out just to have a good time, meet up a couple of friends, and I re accidentally ran into her. and. The rest of his is history, right? We got uh, married in 2015. Um, like I said, we have two kids. Uh, our son, who is three years old, just turned three, Luca. And uh, our daughter, Anya, who just turned one. Uh, and by the way, Stacy is awesome because she was cool with me using traditional names. Uh, <laughs> we did mo uh, we did slightly modify Anya instead of NJ, it's NY. <laughs> But some people still have a tough time with it, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I, by the way, my mom taught her how to make pita. <laughs> it's a killer. She does an awesome job. You would never think she's American, so yeah, she, she's great, so. And I know your mom is all about, you know, yours and your sister's kids. Uh, the last time I think I saw her was an International Institute Gala. And she was there. Guess what she was showing me on her phone? <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't grandkids, I don't know what else it might Grand have been. Grandkids <laughs> pictures all over the phone. And, you know, I was showing her my little one. So that, 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 that's amazing. So your hobbies, I understand you're really into cars, man. Yes, a little bit of cars. Uh, expensive hobby on pause with kids. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, water polo, which also a little bit on pause with kids. But, uh, yeah, I... I I love them, I'm passionate about them. Do I know everything about them and can I work under the hood? That's probably no. I can do minor things, right? It's just the passion for the design and for the for the engineering engineering that goes into them and you know what, what they represent as far as our culture, right? Our our society, uh, from you know when we first started making them till now and how we have evolved, right? It, uh, it's kind of a microcosm in itself. Well, I'm hoping that Toyota is listening to this podcast, picks you up to design that new Supra. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice because we've seen a lot of us in Americans succeed in the United States. I think one of the questions, and I don't know if this is going to be a trend that I like to ask our guests is, in your opinion, why do you think Bosnian Americans have succeeded here in the United States as much as they have? Um, let me see how to answer this. To give a good picture, not just to obviously Bosnians who already know how we succeeded, right? But to Americans that might be listening to the podcast, um, tenacity, right? The 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 will to succeed, um, the will to su uh, to survive more so than succeed, right? Because of what we have gone through with the war, but I think even prior to that. Uh, for, for generations that are older than us, right? Uh, growing up in Yugoslavia, going from, you know, World War II finishing to economy trying to 
pick up, right? It wasn't easy from every from all the stories that I have heard from my grandma, right? Later on, from from my dad, right? It's it, it, it is that the fighting spirit in a way, right? And then obviously this last war have just has just added to it, right? Uh, how do you survive? What do you do? And you'll do anything and everything to come up on top, right? Scratch your way through it, but I think that's a good thing, right? Um, it uh, makes you tougher and at the same time nothing can really bring you down right yes you might have uh areas of of low points but because you know because you have done it before you can come out and come out on top again and i, I think that's something that our parents generation has passed on to us and hopefully uh, we don't get too soft and we can pass it on to uh, onto our kids you know i know it sounds slightly cliche right but as we get used to it maybe we do get softer and you know our kids have more so maybe they get softer so it's good to remind them every once in a while and i'm sure at some point of like yeah, yeah i heard a story over and over again but really that's what it is i think it's the tenacity and willingness to survive that makes us successful I tend to agree with that assessment and one point that you just mentioned I think is going to be important for our children is somehow for us to depict why this generation succeeded so they don't forget, they don't get too relaxed because at the end of the day I've got a feeling they're going to have it much easier than, than, than we did in you know, uh, choosing their life's path and you know choosing their careers and they're going to have a very strong support network that as you said in the beginning we you know our parents and we didn't really have and we kind of made it happen so that's all the questions that i had Addis, do you have anything else no i mean i do want to be respectful of your time so thank you so much for being with us today boris and um to our listeners thank you for being with us have a wonderful rest of the day and a safe thank you all